Did you know locums docs make on average 33% more than employed docs? Got your attention now? So if you're considering locum tenants, either full-time or on the side, you probably have a question or two, or maybe even 20. Locumstory.com is packed with unbiased information and tools to see what the trends are in your specialty and even make a decision if locums is right for you. My advice, make locumstory.com the go-to place to learn more about locum tenants. That's locumstory.com. This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Listen, docs, one of the first steps we took to pay off our student loan debt was realizing we paid way too much for our disability insurance. That all changed when we found Set for Life Insurance. They helped us with a customized insurance policy that met our needs and most of all, budget. To learn more, check out setforlifeinsurance.com. All right, what's good, everyone? This is Dr. Nee. We are here for another tip with Eric McLaughlin, CPA. Basically, the man to be in Atlanta with your taxes. He works with real estate professionals. He works with doctors. He works with a whole host of different businesses. And he's helping us try to retain more of our tax burden or decrease our tax burden as we start to go into side hustles, go into locum tenants and so forth. So Eric, what's up? Welcome to Docs Outside the Box. What's up, Dr. Darko? Good to see you again. So listen, let's jump into another tip. This one is for the employed doctor, right? This is the doctor who works at a hospital. This is a doctor who may work for a private practice firm, doesn't own the private practice, but either way is getting what we call W-2, is, is listed as a W-2 and gets a, a salary and pays their taxes. What kind of things can they do to decrease their tax burden? What kind of options do they have? All right. So first of all, let me say that W-2 income is the hardest income to plan for. So that is why Typically, as a CPA, I'm always advising my clients, if you can get into locums tenant work, if you can get 1099 income, any other income besides W-2, that is what we want to go for. But let's just say that's not your situation. You're W-2, you're happy with W-2, that's where you're living. So then if that's the case, the first thing I say is, let's go after the low-hanging fruit. Let's go after, are you maximizing the money going into your retirement account? That's easy low-hanging fruit that if you put in pre-tax, because now we have options, you can do after-tax or pre-tax. You want an immediate tax savings, you want pre-tax contributions, meaning income that's not going to be taxed, which reduces your taxable income, which reduces the amount of tax you pay on your annual return, maximize the money you put into your retirement account. Secondly, what I would say is maximize the money you put into your health savings account. Because that too is pre-tax money and reduces your taxable income. And also makes money available for when you have those medical situations that you need to pull that money from. So that's two. The third is charitable contributions. So obviously, Mm, you know, you can give money to church or to a not-for-profit of your choice causes you, you're excited about colleges and universities you want to donate to and so forth, right? But let's also say that you say, look, I made a lot of money this year. I don't want to, I don't even know all the charities and stuff I want to donate to, but I need this write-off. So what can I do? One option is what they call a donor advised fund. Donor advised fund. This is almost like your, almost like your mini private foundation. It allows you to sock some money away get an immediate 
charitable contribution deduction in the year that you make that contribution, but those funds do not have to be distributed to any not-for-profit in that same year. You can distribute it over multiple years. So that is one that I would definitely advise to do. If you're not a big uh, giver or you don't have a lot of causes you know about yet, but you need that write-off, donor advised fund is where you want to be. Real quick, before you go into the next uh, situation, the donor advised fund, who do you talk to about that? Are you talking to your uh, financial advisor about that? Or is that something that folks are talking to you about? Who, who do, they go, who do you, you point them in for that? You can, start with your, you can start with your financial advisor if you have one. If you don't have one, then we need a dialogue because not only do we need to talk about that, but we also need to talk about getting your financial advisor. Every every doctor out there. <laughs> I get what you're saying. <laughs> I get what you're saying. <laughs> okay. So yeah, there you go. Financial advisors are like, man, why are you telling on us, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> but yeah, but so that's where you want that's where you want to want to start at. So they they can definitely help you set those up um, and 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 administer them um, for you. So DFAs. Um, the other one that I would uh, recommend along the charitable, charitable contribution line, much more riskier. So again, we were going to put the disclaimer out there. You know, uh, this is only for entertainment and information purposes only. You need to consult with your tax professional and your legal advisor regarding this. But conservation easements. Okay, what without is that? Getting, I've never heard of that so before. Without getting into all the guts of it, here's the long and the short of it is. And basically, the Internal Revenue Service allows a tax deduction that is multiples of what is contributed on the return, but based on a couple of things. So here's how it basically works, the long and the short, um, is if you get into, if you have a piece of land, right? Set aside a piece of land, you buy it for $100,000, Right. That piece of land now gets set aside for conservation purposes. So you can't build on it. Can't build a house, can't build a golf course, can't build a building. Nothing happens on that land. It's, it has no activity. But if you set it aside for conservation easement purposes, right, then what happens is the IRS allows a deduction that is based upon the high, best and highest use of that land. So let's just say, for example, that $100,000 piece of land, if you put a house on it, maybe it's worth $400,000, right? So the IRS will allow you a charitable write-off of $400,000 in that year. This episode is brought to you by locumstory.com. Backdrop. 2012, finishing my fellowship in Miami, and no decision bigger than where and how I was going to start working on my own. And there it was, the fork in the road. Being employed versus something I had never heard of before, locum tenants. So I decided to go the locums route, and I had a ton of questions then. I stumbled a bit, but eventually I was able to stand on my own, and I have been working locums over the past 10 years. Now, what about you? If you're considering locums, you probably have hella questions just like I did. Like, who covers my malpractice? Do I really have control over how often I work? And what are the tax implications? Now, lucky for you, locumstory.com has the answers you need. It's packed with unbiased information and advice from docs just like you. And there's nothing to sell here. It's just a simple resource for information, like finding out what's the average pay rate for your specialty. There's even a quiz to see if locums is right for you. So listen, take my advice. Locumstory.com is the perfect place to start if you want to learn more about locums. That's locumstory.com. 
www.ebenezerbrothers.com. So even so, wait. This land you're purchasing for conservation, but then you can build your own house on it. You cannot. So remember what I said. You can't okay. do anything with that land. So this is the downside. Okay. You, it, it's 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 a it's a it's a hit. It, it's, I'm not gonna say it like that. Well, I would say it's a hit it and quit it kind of thing. It's one time. <laughs> So, so. <laughs> I love it, Eric. You could do that. You can talk about this. Come on, bring it. This is the thing we understand. Talk to us like we're fourth graders. Come on. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's a piece of land that you can't do anything with. You, 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 you bought it and that's, that, that's it. You're not going to build a house. You're not going to be able to build a commercial building. You're not going to be able to develop it at all, ever. Never. Ever. Okay. But for that, the IRS allows you to get a write-off because you bought this land and because you're not going to do anything with it, it's set aside for conservation purposes. You get to write it off on the return under charitable contributions at its best and highest use value, which mm. is done by, is figured out by an appraisal. And from my understanding, again, this is, there's attorneys and stuff that are involved with this. I don't do it myself. I work with companies and individuals that do this, but the understanding is, with what's happening when the IRS is scrutinizing this, which remember I said, this is risky. So this is, this you have to be, you can't be a risk averse person and do conservation easements. You're going to kind of be like, I'm good with it. Just do, show me what I need to do to minimize my <laughs> risk. Right. <laughs> but if you do it and if you take advantage of it, right, you can get this big write-off. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So real quick, let's wrap around, right, with being an employed doctor only or an employed professional only. Uh, those are the tips that you can use. But real quick, just so we understand, when you get a 401k, what does it do to your taxes? And I think that's the key that people don't understand. Yes, people tell me, put into a tax advantage account, but I want to know what it does to my taxes. What what does that do to your taxes? 401k, what does that do to your taxes? Putting money in your IRA, what does that do to your taxes? And then HSA, talk to us real quick about that. Okay, so so 401k, right? Let's just use round numbers. $100,000, again, that you make a year, right? Mm-hmm. If you put in $20,000, into the 401k pre-tax, which means before tax, that reduces that $100,000 that's taxable now down to $80,000 that's taxable. Mm, now we get return. it. It pulls it. money okay. off the table. Let's just use that word. We're pulling money off the table for tax purposes. So the HSA and the IRA does the same thing. You're pulling money off the table for tax purposes. With the 401k, it's done typically pre-tax out of your paycheck. With an IRA, right, you're taking money typically after you've already gotten paid, taking money out of your bank account and putting it into an IRA. Still, if you, as long as you fall within the, the income limits, right, you can actually take that as a deduction on your return. And same for the HSA. Now, HSA is pre-tax. So it comes from your, through, your, uh, through your job, through your employer. They'll take that money, put it into the HSA, and it reduces your taxable income. Okay, now so we get it. The, that makes yeah. that makes sense. So if you make a hundred thousand dollars, this is a way to make sure. This is a legal way to make sure that the IRS can only tax you on possibly eighty thousand dollars or seventy five thousand dollars, depending on how much commensurate you put into those different accounts. That's what and those what accounts the, do. Yes, and what the what the limits are on what you on how much you put into the four hundred one k. The other thing I will say is make sure because now we have Roth four hundred one ks. We have Roth IRAs and Roth products are after tax. So there's not a tax advantage immediately. The tax advantage on Roth products is the money that I put in and the growth of it, I can get out later tax-free. 
Gotcha. So it's not an immediate benefit now, it's a benefit in the future. And that's why people need to come and talk to folks like you, because we're not getting that that type of information from your run-of-the-mill, you know, TurboTax or H&R Block. No shade on them, but this is higher level type of discussions, guys. So remember, though, this is for entertainment purposes, people. Please get in touch and confer with your tax professional before moving forward with any and anything that you hear on this show. Eric, thanks again for this tip. Listen, how can folks get in touch with you if they want to further this conversation? You want to further the conversation, go to my website, ericmclaughlinllc.com. You can make an appointment that way, find out more information about me, or call my office at 404-946-1855. You can make an appointment so we can talk. Love to help. Hey guys, thanks again for listening as well as supporting Docs Outside the Box. Listen, this show is produced by Darko Media Group and the dope audio experience is edited by the one, the only Christian Parry, also known as your podcast pal. Links to him in the show notes. Listen, this is Dr. Ning, the Doc Outside the Box. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.